Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. Today we're going to take a, a, another look at a series that I started oh, a couple of months ago. The series was titled Alice. And if you remember, uh, Alice was this African-American woman that uh, uh, was originally a slave and went to work for my, my parents, my mom's family down in Savannah, Georgia. And when she did this, she did this um, and became a member of that house. She became a member of the family. Uh, both my mom's parents were working and, and what happened was um, Alice was with the family, working for the family, taking care of kids and all that. And, and my mom and her, or my mom's mom and her, and her dad both passed away and, and one of them was an accident and the other one was some kind of an illness. So Alice decided that she was going to care for this family, these, these kids, these little white kids that, uh, uh, that she was uh, already living with and caring for. She, you know, she could have turned around and turned the, the kids over to the authorities and went on and restarted her life, and, but she chose not to do that. And all of the issues that were created by that decision are some of the things that we've looked at in this series. Can you imagine back, you know, way back, you know, in Savannah, Georgia, uh, a white family with a black lady that's uh, living with the family and taking care of the kids, and all of a sudden the parents are gone. And, you know, here's this black lady with um, these white kids, and there was a lot of opposition to it. Alice hung in there and took care of these kids, uh, even though they were, you know, calling for her to stop and, you know, for the authorities to take the kids away. And they, they even burned a cross on their front lawn. So uh, we're going to kind of take a look at that again. We're going to look at some of the other issues of racism. And, and really what, what it boils down to is the way our heart looks at another individual, at another person. Well, we know that in the culture today, you know, there's a lot of talk about systemic racism. And systemic racism, if we, if we identify it, really is a form of racism that is embedded into uh, the culture as normal practices. You know, or it's embedded into a society or an organization as something that is seen and that is normal. That's what this idea of systemic racism is all about. <clears throat> well, in this series, as we looked at that earlier, uh, we talked about the time in the Christian church during the Reformation, you know, back several hundred years ago when the Christian church was, you know, dividing itself because of some of the theological differences that people were, you know, one branch said this and another branch said that. And, you know, the Methodism kind of came out of that. And one of the things that they looked at back then was whether or not African-Americans even had a soul. Can you imagine what that must have been like in that culture back then? You know, to say, okay, we're kind of re-examining our faith here and what we believe in. Well, this group of people that are black, 
or African-American, do they even have a soul that we have to worry about? That was one of the issues that they talked about. You know, there were lots of other issues, too. I mean, we know the slave-based labor in, in the southern states, you know, that was embedded in the economy. It was part of what was normal back then. Um, <clears throat> we looked at uh, an individual by the name of Pierre Toussaint. Pierre Toussaint was an African-American slave, and, and he ended up becoming a really well-known hairdresser in New York City and quite a Christian philanthropist. You know, he was, uh, his works were well-known, and, and he was a leader in the Christian church, and, and uh, he was another person that had to overcome, you know, all of these different aspects of racism in order to live out his life in a Christian way and to look at people in the same way that Jesus did, that he looked at people and valued these people in the same way God does. We talked about in this series the Good Samaritan and how, you know, the priest and the other person walked by this guy that was injured on the side of the road, and it wasn't until the Samaritan, who was hated by many of the other races, you know, walks by and he's the one that was the friend to the man that was injured on the side of the road and cared for him. And we ended up the series uh, a couple months ago with a picture of Mr. Roberts. Remember Mr. Rogers, uh, what was the name of that program he had? Mr. Rogers World or Mr. Rogers Today or something like that. Or Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, I think it was. And there was a picture of Mr. Rogers with his feet in a swimming pool on a hot day. And he invited this African-American police officer to join him. And this picture was what we would call viral today and kind of sent all kinds of, you know, resonances throughout the culture and around the world as, you know, as everybody was fighting over some of these issues of racism and, and how we, you know, looked at each other and how one race looked at another race and, and as a Christian how we could learn to love somebody in the same way that Jesus loved them. You know, here's this picture of Mr. Rogers, who was very well known, sitting with an officer, you know, the law, a black officer, with his feet in the pool. Well, it brings up some other issues, too, that I want to take a look at. And that is, you know, did Jesus, or the, the, the world in Jesus' day, did it experience racism, too? Well, of course it did. You know, there was the Jews and the Gentiles and the Romans and the Samaritans. And, you know, there were several other races, too. And they all seemed to be at odds with each other. And yet here's Jesus. You know, and he's preaching to people to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and, you know, if something stands in the way of you doing that, then cut it off. You know, it's better to enter into the kingdom of heaven with an eye missing than it is to, you know, go into, you know, the abyss with both eyes. So, you know, Jesus was very much preaching that, you know, we need to look at people and love each other in the same way that God looks and loves people the way that Jesus did. So it's not, racism is not just a black and white issue. It's an attitude that stems from a person's heart that says that I'm better than you. And this attitude that stems from hearts, uh, it, it will bring us to a point to where we have this idea or this sense of superiority. And it always ends up reducing the personal freedoms of the other person or the other group of people, the benefits and the opportunities 
that they have to live a, a good and a productive life, especially, you know, a productive Christian life. In many ways, what this series of Alice has taught us is that the things that are in our hearts are the things that come out of our hearts. The things that are in our hearts are the things that come out of our hearts. And I want you to know, you know, I'm, as a pastor, I do a fair amount of counseling with people. And I talk to people about their relationships with others and, you know, about some of their attitudes about the world and other peoples and, you know, all kinds of things come up in, in our conversations. And sometimes what we experience is this frustration because I want to change, but I don't know how to change. Or I'm trying to change and, you know, I just can't seem to get it done. Or if somebody's overlooking a struggle with another individual, maybe maybe a spouse or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend has a struggle with racism in some respect. You know, I hear this too, that, you know, I'm just tired of waiting for them to change. You know, I'm just tired of it and I, I want things to be different. You know, <clears throat> a lot of times we judge people based on the experiences of our life. We look at people or groups of people and maybe we know a few that are members of that particular group or culture and we base everything that we know about them or feel about the other people based on our experience with just a few. And our hearts really aren't ready to go any further than that. So as a Christian, as I look at the struggles of racism and you know in the past as well as today in the in the world, why is it that people continue to value others and to judge others based on not really not the whole picture? Why do we look at people that you know have grown up in different cultures or different ways um, as being less than who we are? How is it that we can look at someone and say? In your heart, maybe you don't use these words, but the attitude that's there is that, you know, well, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I think the biggest problem that we have when it comes to racism that has never really been solved overall. I mean, if you historically look at racism and systemic racism, you see it, I mean, from Jesus' day, even way before that. And it's just been a part of, you know, this this life that we live here, you know, from day one almost. But I think the real problem that we experience is people haven't reconciled in their own heart that this person that I look at, this person that maybe I look down upon, is not looked upon that way by God, by the creator that I want to know and I want to love and I want to serve. You know, the creator looks at this person as, you know, part of his creation. And like all of creation, you know, part of who we are is the situation and the surroundings that we grow up in, the time period, the family structures, uh, the world views that we have to live in and decide whether we're going to adopt them or not, you know. Part of uh, the way we are is the way that we have lived in this world. But real change, real change in how I view other people only comes from within your heart because that's where the problem is.
you know, a lot of times we'll try to, you know, we'll do things to try and overcome racism, like, you know, we'll protest it. Okay, well, okay, protesting's fine, but does that change the attitude of a person's heart? Not really. You know, we'll throw money at it. We'll establish programs and, and you know, we'll give people money so that they can reestablish themselves or whatever. Does that change the racist attitudes in people's hearts? It doesn't. It doesn't. You might change something physically somewhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're changing the heart of the person from where racism stems. Not at all. You know, there's a couple of scriptures I'm going to give you today. The first one is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And it says this. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, let me put it up here on the screen for you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. It is forbearance and kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness, as well as self-control. You know, the unchanged heart, the heart that doesn't live according to the fruit of the Spirit. See, it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It says when you allow the fruit or the Spirit of God to come into your heart and, and actually take control and to rest in your heart, that's when you start to see things in the same fashion that, that God does. That's when you start to see people as being worthy of your honor and your respect and your love and your caring, the same way that God calls us to be with all people. He calls us to, to really submit our will to his will, and to submit our will to his will is, is part of that is to see things the way that God sees them. It's very easy for us to make judgments about people based on what we see or what we feel or what we experience. But you know, the Creator God, the one that knows us intimately, the one that knows how we're wired and what experiences we're going to have, what decisions we're going to make, what things will affect us along this journey of life. He looks at the individuals, all of the individuals that he's created, and says, you know, you are of absolute tremendous worth, infinite worth, and I love you beyond anything that you could ever imagine. So I send my son to provide a way for you to come back home. Why is it that I don't always see people the same way? You know, when I'm inter, you know, interacting with other people and stuff. I don't always do that. But I need to because if the spirit of God is really resting in me, if it's really there then this idea of love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and all that is very easy to come by. It really is. There's another scripture I want to share with you, and, and I don't, don't have this one prepared on the screen, but I'll tell you where it's coming from so that you can look at it too. Uh, it comes in the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. And it says this, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? You know, there's a lot in that particular verse of Scripture. It's telling me that God in many, in another way here is saying, this is what it's like to invite me to live in your heart. Is it what is going to take place as my spirit is going to change who you are? 
And what does that mean? It means that I, you know, in your heart changes toward the image of my son's heart and my heart and the Holy Spirit's heart. He says, you know, you're going to want to do justice. You're going to want to be fair. You're going to want to be honest with people and loving and kind. And, and then the last part, to walk humbly with your God. There's where people get hung up sometimes. Because to walk humbly with God, you can't do that unless you start to see things the same way that God does. We need to realize that all people are of infinite worth to God. And like all people that we will encounter in this life, we all make mistakes. We all in many ways have been shaped by the life that we have lived and the circumstances of those lives. We got to remember that what we need in our Christian journey is a new perspective sometimes. And that perspective is a godly perspective, one that says there's value infinite value in each and every single life that I have created. So that's the, the thing that I wanted to share with you today. I wanted you to, to kind of come full circle on this issue of racism and understand that the problem is inside of us. You know, we can try and delegate responsibilities. We can try and create laws and protest and we can throw money at it and we can do all of those things, but do we really affect real change inside of, of a human heart by doing that? There might be a few cases where we do, but overall, it's never worked. It's never worked from century to century to century. People have always fought and hated and judged other people based on you know, race and religion and belief systems and all of those things. My hope and prayer for you this week is that you kind of mull that over a little bit in your heart and, and invite God and his spirit to rest inside of your heart and allow him to make those changes. I hope and pray you have a great week and join me next week at the same time. Thanks and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.